Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! No, I told you I'm not going to do a goofy intro this time. I said, promise I'm not going to, okay, okay, let's go, just three, two, one. Welcome back to Point Break Minute, everybody. I'm, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. You're such a goof em up. Oh, I'm such a goofy guy. Um, I totally don't put on this persona at all. No. Uh, welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break one minute at a time. We're getting down to business this time. No effing and jeffing. Mm-hmm. We're on minute 70. Eight. Nine. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test. Yeah. Minute 79 continues pre-skydive. Roach says, hey, Johnny, that's not a good idea. Speaking of taking Bodhi's pack. Yes, we, uh, yeah, Bodhi has just said, oh, we'll earn it together. And he says, here, take mine. Yeah. And then they kind of play a shell game with the parachutes. Like, oh, which one, which one is which? We don't know. We just keep moving around. You can't keep up. Yeah, they're faking them out and being kind of assholes saying, Bodhi packs are pretty shitty. They only open about half the time. Gromit says less. Oh, Nathaniel says oh, less. excuse me. Nathaniel says less. And then Roach says, well, why don't you take young Gromit's? How'd that be? Gromit says, nah, you don't want to take this one. This one's set for a neck breaker. You'd probably be better off with something like this. This is all, like... I mean, obviously, it's all like made up. Yeah, <laughs> like it wouldn't. They're really. I like that they're talking about it like kind of like with a technical jargon kind yeah. of tone, where it's like, now this one only opens up about half the time. It's for experts, you know. Yeah, you got to be an expert to work with one that doesn't open very often. But yeah, like, obviously, you want it to open every time. Yeah, but they're playing like that's something that like happens sometimes. Like, oh yeah, yeah you know, sometimes you go skydiving, it just doesn't open. They're just trying to, but freak you know, them you out. just walk it off. Yeah, they're just trying to freak them out. And then the, the whole neck breaker thing, like. First of all, it's a stra- it's not strapped around your neck. But he would break his neck if he fell. Like whiplash? I guess. I don't know. I wonder if there is like different settings you can like no. pack your chute, like have it open really quickly so it just like jerks you around, or if no. it just like gradually opens so it's a nice gentle ride. Yeah. It probably has more to do with when you pull it and how you pull it and all that. Probably. Yeah. I really don't know. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna go skydiving. Please don't. And we're not we're not talking about this no. because it's freaking you out. I'm sorry, baby. That's okay. Um, and Keanu says, "Are we gonna jump or jerk off?" And Bodhi says, "That's my man." My man. Yeah. <laughs> like so, the Aquaman line. Oh, is it? Yeah. My man. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And then they're all excited. Apparently, he doesn't say it in the solo movie. What solo movie? The Aquaman like solo movie. He oh. just says it in Justice League. It was like the, it was like in oh. all the trailers. Weird. My man. Huh. I haven't seen any of those movies and Avengers, Justice League. No, you haven't. Oh. I haven't seen Aquaman yet. Have you seen Justice League? I did see Justice League in theaters. It was a waste of money. <sighs> yeah, as I feel like ninety percent of those movies are, unfortunately. I'd say forty percent, but yeah, yeah. Kim yeah. Justice League was bad. Anyway, uh, my man. Yeah. That's my man. Then, Denzel Washington says that too. And, and what? 
I don't remember what movie it is actually. But he's that's like a famous line he says. Like Training Day. I don't think it was Training Day. That one about football. Remember the Titans? Yeah. Maybe. Let's guess. (laughs) Was it Glory? (laughs) Was it Flight? Was it Roman Roman J Esquire? What, was that, it fences? Was it fences? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might have been fences. <laughs> really? I haven't seen fences because somebody watched it without me. So then, it's sad, Jessa. I didn't think you would want to watch a sad I, movie with me. I got it because I wanted to watch it, and then you watched it. You can still watch it. I know, but now I don't want to as much. It sounds like a you problem. <laughs> so Roach says to uh, Keanu, you're about to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. How do you feel about that? And then I glare, I glare from Keanu. And they all jump out. And they just joyfully whoop. Their- Might as well jump. Jump. Yeah. They joyfully whoop their way down. And there's nice. Oh, music playing that's just like this is so peaceful and lovely and they're all having so much fun jumping out of the plane so there you go oh. my man. My man. My man. My man. it's from american gangster no should have guessed so yeah, anything else to say about this minute? Oh, skydiving stuff. Skydiving stuff. Yeah, we had a, we had a little bit of a discovery here. It's an interesting article you found um, on skydive so Perrin, it's, Paris. It's called Skydive Paris, and it is some sort of skydiving aficionado website. And it is an interview with Tom Sanders, who is the apparently the person who's responsible for capturing the aerial skydiving scenes. There's a really cool picture of, uh, I guess, him. Um, yes. With who's he's in a skydiving getup, but he has a crazy looking helmet with a camera, like two two cameras, looks like mounted on it. Yeah, and it looks like film cameras. Yeah, too. film camera. It looks like he has a um, a still camera, like a, a photography yeah. camera, and a film camera. Both yeah. mounted to this giant yellow helmet. It looks cray cray. It looks insane. And like that must be how they did it because they do have shots that are like un- undeniably shots of people actually skydiving. Yeah. From the perspective of someone skydiving. And according to this article, um, the film wouldn't let Patrick Swayze skydive while the principal photography was going on. But he would sneak out to the drop zone to train. Or the DZ, as they say, for those in the know. Yeah. And so Swayze got Tom Sanders, who is this uh, skydiving guy, to work with him for about two days, kind of doing this secret secret shooting because it didn't involve the studio. Uh, Tom Sanders doesn't know who paid for the jumps. But Swayze just wanted to make sure the scene better. It's all paid for by offshore accounts. Yeah. So Super secret. They were able to shoot uh, up angle shots only because the filming in the movie did not take place at Paris. So they did, um, which I guess is a lo- skydiving location. Yeah, the the shots of like the landscape wouldn't have matched with what no, they were. Uh, yeah. That was um, actually at Lake Powell. 
um, those those shots were. So um, they only worked together doing exit shots, tracking, and deployments with Tom Sanders being filming on his back. He did about less than 50 jumps, apparently. Um, and Seems like a lot to me. Yeah, it seems like a lot, but... I've never done it once. Like, the amount of time it would have taken also to I get know. from being on the ground to the sky to jumping out to being on the ground to the sky to jumping out you know i know that's crazy it's gotta be long hours yeah so um they filmed most of it um california parachute center and the other was shot at lake powell and i believe this was the one that was shot at lake powell Mm -hmm. um you can see a lake in the background yeah this is the lake powell one the later they skydive in another area yeah spoiler alert yeah um so yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Um, this article talks about um, the jumps and how Patrick Swayze was really into skydiving, but didn't really get to do the jumps. So basically, what I got from this is th- basically that the, the what's known for sure is that like they they didn't really skydive. There were stunt people who did the skydiving, and then they would do crane shots of them against like a blue screen. Where they were in harnesses being held up, looking like they were skydiving, and they would shoot them mm. from from the bottom, so it looked like they were floating. Um, but this article seemed to imply, at least, that Patrick, with this other guy, did uh, some extra shooting where mm-hmm. he was actually skydiving, and yeah. that footage may be in the movie. Yeah, but we can't. You know, no one really can say for sure. There's Maybe for legal reasons. Yeah, there's unfortunately a kind of a lack of behind the scenes stuff for this. There's movie. not a lot. This is, we're finding bits and pieces here and there, and we yeah. can only some of it's only uh, hinted at. Yeah. But unlike movies that have like huge I, fandoms, there's not as much information as one would have hoped on this movie. No, there isn't a whole like point breakopedia. Yeah. Where there's like uh, articles about the side characters, like you know what's fifteen. There's a whole there aren't whole novels about fifteen running his uh, yeah. surf shop and uh, passion for slashing. Pa- yeah, I mean I really want the passion for slashing novel. Yeah, heard Timothy Zahn's writing that one. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, skydiving. Um, I really like the banter in this scene, as with the last one, and I like the whole game they play. Uh, it's fun. And they're it's menacing. really uh, they're menacing. They are menacing, but it's also it's also fun. Like it's it's like. For, to watch, at least, not to be actually. I there. think it's menacing. I don't it think it's menacing. I like. I'm getting. I guess. Yeah. There's an undertone of it, but like, I like that they're still playing. Like, yeah, we're just we're just bros having a good time. That's what they want, Keanu. Yeah. That's what they're. they're that's the fun part of it. Is that's that, like, the surface, but that's yeah. not what they're meaning. No, no, it isn't. But they kind of do. Like they definitely, and, and we'll see how this plays out. But like. I what I like about this is I think especially Bodie is still really excited to do this. Yeah, because he loves skydiving. Yeah, adrenaline, man, one hundred percent pure adrenaline. Yeah, so it's he just lives. He's not like this isn't like well this time's not going to be as fun because we have to do this for a certain reason. Like no, he's still like yeah, fuck it, skydiving. Yeah, love it, man. Yeah. Um, and he loves to he loves to take those risks, man. My I, man. I feel like the remake did their equivalent of this scene a lot earlier in the movie in the remake what scene would that have been that was the first scene when they go skydiving and they come back and oh down the mountain and they're like this they have the squirrel suits yeah and they're like in the the alps and they're like trying to like dodge these like rock outcroppings yeah 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 that was a little earlier in the movie yeah and that's like kind of what brought everyone together 
Yeah, that was my favorite part of the remake, I would say. Yeah. A terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this? I was going to um, bring up uh, another thing. Um, I have uh, found this article um, that I recommend reading. It's uh, by film critic April Wolf. Uh, who I, I've, uh, she's on oh, yeah. a couple podcasts I've listened to. Uh, she's on um, Who Shot Ya, which is a podcast I kind of enjoy. It's uh, fun to hear them, uh, their sort of perspectives on film. And she's an interesting film critic because she's very much a proponent of what quote-unquote genre film. And she's a woman. Um, get, also, what is genre? Sorry. It's hard to define. I would say Point Break qualifies um, because it, it kind of falls in a genre of action, I guess. I guess, I mean, trying to, you know, label these things is always difficult. And it's hard to define exactly. But I would say genre film, the way I think of it is it's um, movies that aren't prestige, movies that don't uh, aren't thought of as high art necessarily. Huh. But then they actually often are. Huh. They're just not thought of in the same way and it's an interesting sort of evolution of this sort of section of filmmaking like i i think of movies recently uh like drive for instance which would be a genre film for me because it's it's about a guy it's about like uh crime and driving cars fast but it's done in like this very almost over the top stylized artistic manner so there's an interesting sort of like the way genre films evolve in that way like before it's it's sort of doing a take on uh you know car driving movies in a way that's sort of heightened in an artistic manner uh but anyway i don't i don't even know what to say what more to say about genre like how to define genre movies but it's not important basically action horror uh action and horror movies and sci-fi movies i would say like that's Mm. sort of the general definition Anyway, uh, April Wolf is interesting because she's very much a proponent of, of um, sort of uh, lifting those uh, movies up and sort of um, giving them more credit. Um, and she wrote an article about Point Break and the female gaze. The, the greatest, she called it the greatest female gaze action movie ever. And uh, I'm not going to read it. You know, you can go read it yourself. But I just wanted to sort of uh, give that a shout out. And um, What's she, the main gist of the article? Uh, the main gist is is the the female gaze that it's like it's a movie directed by a woman and it's about these pretty guys mm-hmm. you know doing their thing and uh, that's uh, there's um, not as not very much of that in film and it's a and sort of points out it's uh, it's value in Point mm-hmm. Break. So it's a fun little article and a very you know good good film critic good writer so go check that out April Wolf on uh, Rolling Stone I'll I'll post a link to it. Good. Anyway, uh, skydiving, right? Yep. My man. Oh, Jess is so tired of this already. It was the catchphrase of the summer. I don't think, actually, the fall, I think. It was the big, it was the biggest thing ever. My man. My woman. I'm done. Recommendations. So I'm going to recommend if you're on ever in Seattle, go to the Nordic Heritage Museum. It's the first place recommendation for Point Break Minute. Yeah. Um, I am very proud of my Scandinavian heritage, and I love exploring and learning about it. And the Nordic Heritage Museum in Seattle helps you do exactly that. Um, explore the Nordic countries, the Scandinavian countries. Uh, lot they have lots of changing exhibits, as well as a few permanent exhibits. Um, they also teach Scandinavian folk crafts. They teach Scandinavian language courses. 
Um, I've taken Scandinavian language courses there um, in Swedish. They also do fashion shows. Um, I met Ole Henriksen there. He's a skincare guy. Um, they do a bunch of like cultural events there. Uh, Pancake breakfast, Yule Fest, all sorts of good stuff. But they most recently had a really fascinating exhibit on the Vikings and Vikings from uh, earlier centuries. They found uh, Viking funeral boats from, I don't remember, maybe it was like 500 or 800. Um, yeah, a long time ago. A lot of really cool old artifacts. That and, were uh, real. That yeah, were, they were the definitely. real artifacts. They weren't recreations of the artifacts. Um, the real deal. I just went to the King Tut exhibit that was here in Portland, and all the artifacts were just recreations, which was, to me, just like, why why go? You just look at a picture of it online. Exactly. Like, why go then? What's the point? I want to see the real thing. So um, I was really excited that they were real. So And it's beautiful. So it's, it's newly remodeled. They now have a awesome amazing scandinavian cafe scandinavian food is super weird and delicious and um uh they don't have like the weirder stuff like banana pizza but they do have stuff like they should have an exhibit on banana pizza yeah i'd like to know the origin of that yeah i would too when we were in uh sweden in the summer we had uh apparently their version of pineapple Canadian bacon pizza is banana curry pizza with peanuts all on a pizza. And sometimes there's raisins involved. This is bad. I didn't and like cheese, it. And cheese and tomato sauce. Well, that's, of course, I mean, it's pizza, but. I know, but one might think, oh, no, it's just going to be a curry sauce with peanut sauce, maybe. Maybe it's like it's like a different take on pizza. No, it's that, just a regular that, pizza. That would be a flatbread, my friend. You can't call it pizza without cheese and tomato sauce. Well, you can call it without tomato sauce. You can sauce. call whatever the fuck you want, mister. There has to be cheese. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm laying my foot down. There has to be a cheese to call it a pizza. If there's no cheese, or at least fake cheese. Anyway, care. banana pizza is weird. It didn't taste good. Yeah. Um. Although I, I do like pineapple on pizza. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I know this is a big fight that's happening on the internet right now, and I'm laying my flag on that side. Pineapple also, on pizza guys, is good. You don't know weird pizza until you've had banana. I know. You Cooked banana. bananas on pizza with cheese is weird. I'm not saying, as I'm not saying pineapple pizza is my favorite pizza, but I like it. It's good. It's sweet, good. salty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sweet and salty is great. Don't mind if I do. Anyway, that's uh, on that note, we're going to end another episode of... Oh, I have to do my recommendation. Yeah. Come on now. I'm going to recommend... I, I, uh, a few nights ago, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I didn't really want to see it. Um, but since it's nominated for Best Picture, it must be great. So, you know... Right? I had to go see it um, as this like weird little obsession of mine having to like keep up with the Oscars for some reason. Like they have some sort of control over me. God damn it. Um, anyway, it, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, it was it was fine to good. Um, not great. Um, mostly what I got out of it was, yeah, Queen had some good music and I like listening to it. And that was the best. The best parts of the movie was when they were playing the songs. And that was well done. I liked the music and it looked like they were really playing it. So that was kind of exciting. Were they? No, I don't think did so. Did Rami Malek actually sing? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I should look that up. I, I heard that he did have to sing in front of like the surviving band members. Oh, that sucks. And that must have been really nerve-wracking. Uh, and if he did actually sing for this movie, I am very impressed. Um, because he sounded a lot like Freddie Mercury. And it's, you know, That's not... It's easy. not easy to sing that well, much less sing that well and sound like you're recreating somebody, uh, somebody else. else's sound. Yeah. Specifically that sound. Especially with wearing those giant fake teeth. 
Um, those tifers. Those tifers. Uh, so I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, um, I you know go see it if you want to. It's not my full recommendation, but we just went to Best Buy, and we like buying DVDs that are only three or four dollars uh, out of the the bin, and because uh, no one really wants to buy DVDs anymore, so they're cheap. And we picked up a copy of School of Rock. School of Rock rocks, man. It's a great movie. Go see it. Jack Black. He can really sing. He really movie. sings. Yeah, that's his own voice, and he has a good voice. Mm-hmm. And there's like great kid actors in it. It's fun. It's in like you know a positive message. It's a, it's a great movie. So if you haven't seen School of Rock, go watch School of Rock. It's a fun time. Where have you been? Yeah, it's like Jack Black's one of his best movies, like that and High Fidelity. No, and Bernie. Bernie's really good, but like that's a different side of Jack Black. That's not. That's not like a fun movie. That's not like a fun like yeah, party. Is. I don't think so. Uh-huh. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. I like that part where the guy's like talking about the different sections of Texas. It's like one of the real people. Uh-huh. That's like the interview section, and he's talking about like there's the you know the West Texas, there's a Dallas, there's Houston, there's the East Texas, and then there's the there's the Panhandle section, and uh, we don't talk about them. Huh. <laughs> like like he was being serious. Like yeah. we don't talk about them. Um, School of Rock. That's my recommendation. Point Break Minute. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or whatever you you're looking at this on. Uh, if you do Google Play, I don't know who actually uses Google Play, but it's there. Um, so you know, go go for it. Do you do you, boo? Um, and thank you for listening. And uh, we've been Jessa and Marin for Point Break Minute. And uh, oh, I just got an email. On that note, see you next time on another Point Break Minute, bro. See you next time on another Point Break Minute, bro. Woo!